Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey C3 Fort Worth, love you. I know it's a little different, but it can be just as powerful to be here connecting like this. And I know that there's ways for you to comment and share and do all those things. What a uh, wild opportunity it is for, to make sure that people are hearing about Jesus in a moment like this. Uh, we love you, and we are so glad you're taking the time right now to engage and to be intentional about your spirit, about your heart and your mind and your family and your friends. So whoever you're with, however you're doing this, we love you. We're there for you. And we are praying for you continuously. I know it's been a strange couple weeks, a difficult couple weeks, and it's hitting all of us in different ways, and, and I understand that. I know it's hit me, I feel like every day it hits me in a multitude of ways of what we're walking through. Uh, but with every change and with, that, with, every, with every challenge uh, comes the opportunity for us to make the most of a situation. And, and in crisis, Jesus shows up the strongest. In a crisis and in a challenge and in difficult seasons, our holding on to Jesus. Isaiah says his arm is not too short to save us. And so right now is a moment for us to continue to help people, as we've always said, see Jesus like never before. And so while we are challenged and while we are pressing up some, against some difficult things, I want to encourage you, continue to set your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, Later on in that same section of scripture, it says, and when you look upon Jesus and what he endured, you will not grow weary. So I want, I want to encourage you, set your eyes on Jesus right now. Even if you have to, take some time, push pause on this by all means, and set your eyes on the author and the perfecter of your faith, the one who starts it and finishes it. And as you do that, I believe that we as people will help others begin to see Jesus in ways that we never expected, in ways that maybe they never expected. And so I, we are about to start this pattern. As you know, we've been in these patterns, the uh, first one in January of withdrawal and return. Then we got into February and talked about the temple to table. And we were just about to start into death and resurrection. And as everything began to happen and all the news began to roll out and all the things began to show up, uh, it became very clear and apparent to me that this pattern was right on time. Because the greatest fear for all of us is death. It is the number one fear. It has always been. It is the thing that controls so many of our actions, so many of our thoughts, so many of our words. We begin to think about, uh, well, we got to get all these things and got to do all this before our life is what? Over. And so here we are being faced with this, with really this kind of verbiage and, and wording and, and really this pandemic of of so many things that, that brings to mind death and finality and it's over and it's done and economics and entertainment and all these things are falling and everything's happening and, and in this moment, this, this pattern of death and resurrection can really actually be an encouraging, life-giving pattern for us to begin to think about. And again, I want you to remember this, that with withdrawal and return, so you withdraw to see Jesus, I hope you're doing that, and return looking more like him. Uh, and with temple to table, in a temple with our hands raised to heaven and at a table with our hands raised, uh, extended towards one another. Uh, every one of these patterns has a, a both and. It is, it is not one or the other. It is that both of them work together. And every time Paul references death 
uh, the death of Jesus in Scripture, he's also referencing his resurrection. And every time he's referencing his resurrection, he's also referencing his death on the cross. And so even as we read these scriptures I'm about to read to you, I want to encourage you that, that we are a people who understand that death and resurrection, people of faith who believe both work together. And so I want to read this to you, and we're going to just continue to do this over the, the coming days and weeks together. Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. What an amazing scripture to read right now. Jesus came as his children, uh, people who were made of flesh and blood, so that he could defeat death, so that he could identify with them. That's the, the power of Jesus, is that God in the flesh came to identify with you. That's what heroes do. Heroes come and identify with those they are helping, those they are saving. Jesus humbled himself from heaven and became a human so that he could identify with you and I, so that he could know our pains and know our challenges and know our sufferings. And even Paul begins to flip that language and say, if you know the sufferings of Jesus, it is this kind of back and forth, this mutual thing that he knows us and we know him and he is with us now. But he came to identify with us and, and to, to take on death, to defeat death, so that he could, in that moment, begin to help those who had been for so long held in slavery of the fear of death. See, we, we're not trying to tell you that you never die. Although Jesus kind of says that to Martha, and we'll read that later on, but Jesus, he's, he's not trying to deny that death happens. He's, he's trying to replace it in our context as humans, with the realization that death is not the final word. One theologian uh, talks about the death on the cross uh, being a decisive victory and a definitive revelation. A decisive victory over death and a definitive revelation of Jesus' love for us. That's what this is. That's what we're talking about when we talk about death and resurrection. When we talk about Jesus' death, identifying with us, and taking on death, and then rising again. And see, that's the point here. The point here is not just that he died. In fact, Paul later on says, if he had not risen, then the fact that he had died would not be of any effect. John 10 says that we have to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that he is resurrected. The, the, the apostles understood the power of both of those things, that he would die, he would die to identify with you and I, but to take on the power of death, and then he would rise again saying, death has no hold on you. In this season, in this very moment, death does not get to decide where your heart rests and where your mind stays. Death does not get to decide for you how you react and the way you feel. Because Jesus defeated death. When you attach your life and your heart and your mind and your soul to who Jesus is, now all of a sudden you can stand up with him, identify with him as he identified with you. And when he identified with your human form, you now all of a sudden get to identify with his resurrected body and say, I am alive in Christ. 
So today, whatever you're facing, whatever situation you're in, I want to encourage you, death doesn't have the final word. It is not allowed to hold weight or hold you in its grasp. You now are free of the fear of death. It is not to say that things aren't difficult. It's not to say that those things aren't real. It is to simply say that they aren't the winner. And no matter how things play out, I can trust that in his resurrection is where I stand. That when I identify with him, when I lay my life down with him, I can stand up in the resurrection of Jesus and walk in new life. That's why Paul says in Colossians, set your mind on things above. If you, if you really have this resurrected life, if you really got a hold of this thing, then set your mind upon heaven where the action really is and begin to trust him and begin to walk this thing out because there is resurrection for you and I. As we follow Jesus, as we surrender our life to him, as we simply say, God, I die to myself and I live to Christ and in that there's new life. I want to pray with you. Let's begin to work this pattern of death and resurrection. Let those thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety and, and pain, begin to let those thoughts begin to die and realize that resurrection life is yours in Christ Jesus. I want to pray with you. And if as I'm praying, uh, maybe this is the first time you've heard about death and resurrection, or as I'm praying, you, you're just going, man, I, I, really, I really need to lean into that. But I want, you, I want to encourage you today just to pray with me and, and to pray your best prayer and just simply say, God, I'm with you. Jesus, I surrender to you. I want to live in resurrection life with you. I don't want the fear of death to be the thing that determines who I am in this moment or any moment after. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that even in the midst of difficult times, death does not have the final word. That even in the midst of difficult times, resurrection is still given to us. So God, I pray that as we are having church together right now and as we're hearing the word of God, as we're hearing the gospel, I pray that, Lord, I pray that you begin to pull on our hearts and we begin to know again that death does not get to hold sway over my life, that death does not get to decide for me who I am. But in this moment, as we ch take on challenges and take on different things in this season. God, I pray that we know that your life, your resurrection life is with us. Thank you for identifying with us so that we could identify with you in your victory and in your love and in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church. We'll see you again next week.